Welcome to Podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. Welcome to Podcast 27, and this is the first episode of the new year because we're in 2019 now, and we're not that far from being three years old now, which is something we got coming up soon, but um, before we get there, let me just go ahead and say what we've got going on tonight because it's a little bit different as far as what we would usually do because tonight is just me and Mark. So, Mark, how are you doing? Good, good. That's it. It's just good. It's the two of us, and you're just. Good. Hey, look! It's 2019. There's a lot of good stuff coming this year. There is. Um, there's Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. There's Glass. There's Game of Thrones. There's Captain Marvel. There's uh, what else is there? Star Wars Episode Nine. Oh yeah, Star Wars Episode <laughs> Nine. The Mandalorian. Clone Wars is coming back. Uh-huh. A lot of good stuff. And I think uh, there's probably some other stuff in there somewhere. Oh, Godzilla. Come on. Godzilla's coming out. This is going to be a great year for geeks or nerds. What, what are we allowed to call people nowadays? I don't I don't. When's Avatar coming out? Like, is that 2020? What? What's that? A- Avatar? The Airbender? No, like two. Also, I don't, I don't know what Avatar is. I don't think anybody does anymore. No, I'm gonna look it up because I, I don't remember when the. I don't, it's date something is. I don't think it's coming out this year, for sure. I mean, I'll oh, see yeah, it. It's, it's 2020 next year. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm gonna watch that. Uh, most likely. I don't know if I'll see it in theaters or not, but I mean, I probably I didn't see the first one in theaters. Honestly, I, I waited. Look, so. you shouldn't see. Honestly, if we're talking about Avatar, the theater is the only place you probably should see it because at home it's well, kind of yeah. It really points out the flaws in it. True. Do you, do you see anything 3D anymore in the theater, Tim? Not really. I mean, yeah. there was a while when I did for, for a bunch of them, but I don't know. It's just, like, it's cool, but it doesn't, it's not always worth the extra, like, ticket price and all that just to see some cool stuff that I've seen before, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm done with 3D. Like, again, it's a cool gimmick, I guess, and it's a nice idea, but it's just not necessary when you go to see a movie. I agree. Now, like, if they start doing it where you don't need glasses and it's just the same price as a normal ticket because it's just the modern technology in 25 years, then go for it. But it's just yeah. not something I feel the need to do right now. Your bionic eyes allows you to see things <laughs> in multiple dimensions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, virtual reality without a headset. You're just in the movie. <laughs> wow. No, I'm good. <laughs> Especially something like Godzilla or Star Wars, right? Yeah, let me just run. I'll be the guy running around screaming. <laughs> um, buildings tumbling, just me. <laughs> so as far as uh, what we're doing tonight, it's just Mark and me, as I mentioned early on. So we're doing something that is definitely in the wheelhouse for both of us. And we're basically, because we talk a lot, we throw in a bunch during our normal episodes and normal conversations about various music things, especially Star Wars music and with the new Disney movies, especially. And whenever uh, new ones come out, whether it's Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rogue One, or Solo, a certain part of our discussion about the movie after it comes out is the music that went with it. So it's not uncommon for us to talk about these things, but tonight we just figured, given the 
situation of, of who the hosts are tonight and the timing with the news and all this stuff. It'd be a good time to get to some music discussion about Star Wars. And uh, Mark, do you want to go ahead and just kind of mention the the latest as far as Star Wars music goes? And, and what wait, we know? wait, wait, Tim, do you hear that? I did not. I hear it. Oh my god, that was loud. That was that was the opening from Star Wars. That's crazy. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> just have that at any point. Just suddenly appear, but I, I heard it coming, and there it was. That's fantastic. Oh yeah, I'm glad I could do that for you. <laughs> it's not you. It's just Star Wars. It's magic. Is yes, the the magic of Star Wars. It, it appears when it wants to appear. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, es- essentially they've announced. Um, I honestly didn't think this was going to be who was announced, but uh, they've announced the uh, uh, composer for for uh, John Favreau's The Mandalorian, and mm-hmm. it's going to be uh, is it Ludwig or Ludwig Ludwig Göransson? Uh, he's you know really well known for uh, um, for Black Panther, for both Creed scores, for Venom. Um, he also mm-hmm. did I think he worked on Community with. Uh, with uh, is it the Russos that came from Community? Uh, it, it was Community. Yeah, he did that. And then he also uh, produced a ton of the music for uh, uh, Childish Gambino, which is uh, right. Um, oh man, Donald Glover. Thank you. I keep wanting to say Danny Glover, and I know that's wrong. <laughs> to the, to this day, to this day, I still get it wrong. But uh, <laughs> it's it's his uh, recording project. So. Turns out he's going to be the one who's going to be writing and, and uh, you know composing the music for for the Mandalorian for the Disney streaming service. Uh, what, what do you think about that, Tim? I, one of the things I like about it is that um, it's kind of a first for Star Wars in that it is a composer who is not mainstream yet. Like he's starting to be mainstream, but it's not John Williams or Michael Giacchino or John Powell. You know what I mean? So it's kind of bringing in somebody who's on the a little bit younger, fresher side of the music industry, movie music industry. And uh, he's he's not a, a safe choice and he's not a bad choice either. So I think it's like a good little um, sweet spot of, of what we could get from him. Yeah, because because, you know, let, let's take, for example, uh, you know, his, some of his Black, Black Panther music and, and we're going to be playing. Uh, part of Black Panther's theme for you right now so you understand exactly what he brings to it. Uh, w- one of the good things about uh, Gorenson is that he gets really involved in the instruments, involved in the musicality of a project. So when he was announced that he was going to be doing the music for Black Panther, he traveled to Africa to get musicians, to get the actual you know, uh, instruments and, and to listen to some of the local music in the area so that he could actually work it into the score and the score turned out amazing uh, I, I definitely am, am a huge fan of that score uh, he's just he's a good choice but like Tim said you know I think he's he's definitely a, a, an up-and-comer he hasn't quite he doesn't have some of the name recognition certainly as like a John Powell or a Gene Kino or obviously a Williams but you know, not many people have Williams name recognition right well uh, but, go ahead well, I really like what you mentioned about him too, because you know who that sounds like. Of course, one, one of my 
my number one people. Um, uh, Brian Tyler is is very known for, like you said, going to like source material, I, I guess, <laughs> for music, and uh, and thinking about like there's actual logic and thought process behind the instrument choices and selections and he can even use in some of his things he uses like tools as sounds to incorporate in his stuff to create that unique sound so i like when you think about what you're doing you're not just making music that sounds good for it but you think about the underlying spirit of the movie and you match that with the music that's going to go along with it well yeah did we honestly think that tyler was going to be a choice here though i mean i mean for me for for me i truly truly thought that that favreau would pick one of his mainstays uh favreau has used john debney quite a few times uh as the composer for his films and i love john debney excuse me john debney he he did uh passion of the christ yeah uh, one of my absolute favorite uh soundtracks of all time is for um the video game lair okay and and it is unbelievable it is a star wars score but for a video game it's lush it's got just unbelievable uh soundscape as far as for a video game goes and and hold on let me we're gonna play a little bit of that right now for you (laughs) Uh, yeah i'm sure we are (laughs) so as you can hear with that it's just fantastic just from that brief clip uh, and I would have loved to see that uh, uh, be brought into the Star Wars, you know, universe. Uh, but obviously, he chose to go a different way. And, and it's funny because I don't know if if it's Favreau chose to go. Yeah, that's my question for you. Like, do you think it was Favreau? Do you think it was producers? Do you think it was uh, more like Disney overlords? Like, who do you think? I had think the it was. On, I think it was a. I think it was a mutual decision. I don't think it was yeah. someone saying, you know, it was Favreau who was like, no, I'm going with. You know this guy in Disney's right. like nope. Lucasfilm says nope. You're not. You're going with you know somebody else. I think I think it was just a mutual decision, and almost possibly a way of separating it from what's expected. Like we may be truly getting something that's not, you know, quite what we're used to in any of the other Star Wars music. You know, because right. everything still sort of fits within a neat little box. You know, yeah. but. We don't know. This may be heavily percussion based, or, or this may be, you know, his sort of take on a on a wet. Obviously, you know, the Mandalorian is a bit of a western, so this could be his take on a western. We don't we don't know what we're getting yet. Like the farthest out that we've gotten really is the stuff that Kevin Kiner has done, um, which is for an entirely different medium. And even still, like you said, a large part of that fits into the same kind of style, and, and it works. Um, but this is the first. Uh, I guess it's the closest to a mainstream opportunity to branch out a little bit more. And I was kind of thinking as far as um, who would have gotten this job for the Mandalorian, I was kind of keeping an eye out on Bear McCreary. And yes. I, I know we talked about that in the past and I do think he would have also been a good choice, but I really am interested to hear, like I said, it's kind of a fresh take on Star Wars in a new light. I, I wouldn't necessarily like some like you know, people have had this conversation before. I would very much not like the idea of Hans Zimmer coming in to do like an episode ten kind of thing. Uh, I am absolutely against that. But this type of new story, new medium, new streaming service, like everything about this is new. It's a new Mandalorian, all this. So you can bring in a new type of Star Wars music to influence it. That works. 
Well, yeah, I, I mean, this is this is definitely the one to try things out with, in my opinion, because you know, take for example the the Cassian TV series, which will probably be filming, you know, within six months to a year, I imagine. But right, you you kind of already have established the soundscape for that show. You you know, you've got Jake, right. you know, who, who did the music with with uh, you know with Rogue One, so you you kind of have to keep it within the same. Milieu is that the word? The, the same. Yeah. You, you kind of have to keep it Giacchino esque, as as uh, you know, him channeling Williams. You have to sort of keep it that that same idea. In my in my opinion, this is the one you really get to start to branch out on. Same same thing with with the Game of Thrones guys who are, who are doing their trilogies still, I believe, or, or Ryan Johnson. You have an opportunity to really change Star Wars music with those. But anything that's already appeared, especially within the you know, the the saga films, or you know, like I said with with Rogue One and its spinoff, it, you kind of want to keep it the same just for continuity's sake. And honestly, the most important thing when it comes to this Star Wars music soundtrack thing is whatever kind of style it is. I don't if it's synth or if it's like ninety percent percussion or whatever it is. Just make sure it's the best at it. You know, if you're going to have a synth score for something, make sure it's the best synth score we've heard in 20 years. I tell you, I'm, I'm loving the synth uh, music in uh, Aquaman. I haven't listened to that. I haven't seen it. I haven't listened to uh, it. So. And I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of, uh, who's that, Rupert Williams? Oh, I don't even know, but that makes sense, though. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of, of his music from, from the other soundtracks that I've heard. Uh-huh. There's nothing that's really stood out to me. Right. Uh, he's definitely serviceable. Um, but this one's like I've listened to it multiple times. Really? Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot, and, and I'm not sure if he got that sort of hey, let's make it synth from from Thor Ragnarok and uh, and Mark right. Mothersbaugh, sort right. of putting that in there. But but it definitely fits Aquaman. I don't think a, a synth score would fit the Mandalorian at all. Right. I mean, from I, what we know about it, I don't see how. Yeah. If if anything, you know, it, it's. It's three ten to Yuma from Marco Beltrami, or it's you know, right. uh, um, it's Morricone, obviously, right? You know, with his uh, th- you know three do- uh, the the Dollars trilogy, or even you know Once Upon a Time in America, but or Once Upon a Time in the Old West, but uh, yeah, it, it's not it, you know, it, it's definitely either <laughs> it's definitely either Williams esque uh, or uh, or. Um, or Morricone, it's definitely not a, a synth score. I don't think I've ever seen a Western that has a synth score. That no, I mean, I, I can't think of one. That's probably a good thing. Um, but, but something somewhere you said something that kind of just made me think too. I almost forgot. But another guy I would kind of like to see work on any type of Western Star Wars type of vibe. So like, if they end up doing a, a Kenobi movie where he's on Tatooine and he's just, it's kind of Western-y in style. Like, I really want to see Jeff Zanelli kind of get a crack at that. I don't know how familiar you are with him. Well, somewhat. The main thing he had that really kind of put him out on the map a little bit was he did the TV series Into the West, which was produced by Steven Spielberg. Um, and more recently, he did the, the latest um, Pirates of the Caribbean movie because he actually was helping work on pretty much all of them up until that one and then he got the credit for doing the the last one um but especially if you can just i'll probably end up putting it in here but if you go to youtube and look up the into the west theme that he did um it's just it's got a really good uh 
distinct vibe and sound to it that I think can adapt well to a space western. And there's a reason that he worked on a series that's a Steven Spielberg series, you know? So, like, I feel like that's another name that I hope would get a crack at any type of western Star Wars thing that we have in the future. Yeah, I... I... I don't. I, I think there's so many people that are above him, right? That that it, it would be shocking if, if we ever got to that, you know. And I know that sounds kind of weird or mean or whatever the situation is, but it's like you, you, you know, um, I just don't know what the pecking order is for some of this stuff. Like I didn't expect, you know, Gorons at all. Right? But I'm, yeah. But I'm happy for the choice, but there's so many people that are above that quote-unquote pecking order that you would have loved to have seen or you know for years it's like oh i'd love to see alan silvestri do yeah. you know a, a, a score and you don't get it or you're like okay i would have loved to see this person or that you know like you said bear mccree mccree would have been great i think mccree's probably if they asked him or not i have no clue but i imagine since he's doing godzilla that's going to run into some of the production time for you know him possibly creating music for for the Mandalorian because Godzilla comes out. I think I don't know May maybe it comes out possibly in May, but I but I assume they want somebody who's not that committed yet. Right. Not everybody can bust out a score in like a couple of weeks like Giacchino can. <laughs> right, that's what I was gonna say. That so yeah, it's like a summer thing for him. He's got to have like three scores coming in out within three weeks over the summer, or he doesn't know what he's doing or something. Well, we have a okay. So is he doing? Uh, is he doing? I assume he's doing Spider-Man Far From Home this year. I haven't heard otherwise. I, I would assume so. But what else? Uh, well, let's find out. Because <laughs> it's a slow, it's a slow year for Jake. You know, he's a uh, he's going to be a. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. We are going to find out. Okay. Uh, wow. <laughs> he has right now on IMDb. He has one credit for 2019. And that's Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. Yeah. The guy's gonna relax wow. this year. He's not. Is he doing Toy Story four or is somebody else doing it? it is it? Uh, it doesn't list it here. Um, let it, me look. Is it, it Randy if, Newman again? I would assume so. I, can I just? Can I? Wait, Keanu take, Reeves is gonna be in it? In what? Wow. Toy Story four. I don't know. I think that's fake. Hot take. I can't stand Randy Newman. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. That's that's he's new. he's fine, you know. If did, I guess he truly composed the rest of the music for Toy Story, but my God, I don't want to hear that man sing ever again. <laughs> uh, yeah, just, music by Randy yes. Newman. Sure, people got no reason. No, I don't care about you, Randy Newman. Go away, go away. <laughs> And for every person who's listening to this who may be a Dodgers fan with I Love LA, no, the song sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't need any more Randy Newman or You Got a Friend in Me. I want to slit my throat every time I hear that song. But I love the music oh, behind that. I, I just want you to know that right now it's playing in the background. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm right now. I'm I'm absolutely just just slicing my throat. He's he's the worst. <laughs> okay, well, can you at least acknowledge like the fact that he's a 
a huge part of legendary Hollywood music families, or a family, rather. No, really? Yeah. It's not, it's not Thomas Newman, is it? Yeah, all of them. Who was the other Newmans? Alfred, Thomas, uh, Ryan, uh, not Ryan. Um, Alfred Newman? The, his, is that his father? I, I, I want to say it's his uncle off the top of my head. I could be wrong. Um, but so it, what, happened, what's, what's, what happened with Randy? David, happened with David Randy? Newman. What happened with Randy? <laughs> I, he's got, I mean, he, look, he's got the composing chops down. Down pat. He's great with that. Like all the all the the score parts of Toy Story are fantastic. I love it. But do not come in and sing. I don't want to hear John Williams belt out tunes. I don't want to hear uh, uh, Alan Silvestri start singing. I don't need this. Ima- imagine nowadays, especially if all of a sudden John Williams wanted to rap. Well, well <laughs> that would do a be strong- amazing. You know, well, it might be interesting for a second, but it's like I don't know, no. I don't need Randy Newman. He got his start as you know. He got a start as a as a, you know singer songwriter, but but he should have left it at that for Toy Story. Well, yeah. So according to this, yeah, he is the nephew of Alfred Newman, and he's cousins with Thomas, Joey, and David Newman. I don't know what Joey Newman ever did. Is he like the? Is he like the uh, one of the Baldwin brothers, like Billy Baldwin, who doesn't really do much? Um, well, I can tell you one of the things that he has worked on is uh, Seabiscuit from, what was that? A long Joey time Newman? Back. Yeah. What'd he do? Uh, fifth, fifth chair? Oh, he, no, wait, he, he did the Star Wars thing. Um, Joey Newman? Uh, what did uh, he do? Didn't he do Forces of Destiny, I think? I don't know. Well, if he did Forces of no, Destiny. No, no, that was Ryan Short. I'm sorry. Uh, not to go too much into, like, me here, but, like, I, I used to and still kind of do, I guess, work with a website, and I interviewed a bunch of composers for it, and they included Ryan Shore and Joey Newman, so I was kind of getting them crossed Is Ryan Shore like Howard Shore's brother? Son or nephew. Son? Nephew. Oh, He's on. his nephew. So who's Joey Newman? Randy Newman's son? Cousin. What? How many people are in his family? A lot, and they're composers. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have a single cousin that has my last name. Well, All right. maybe. Hold on, let me think. Probably, I guess. I don't know. But let alone eight million of them to like you know be successful. So actually, though, but it does. Okay, so Joey Newman did work on a Star Wars short called Star Wars Hoshino from 2016. What? I have never heard of this. Uh, Must be a fan, uh, a fan film. I don't. Let's see what it. I can't tell what it is or not. It's a, it has George Lucas credited as a writer, but I'm assuming that's for the characters, if they used any. By and large, the Newmans, you know, come on. I mean, yeah, I guess we are kind of getting a little bit off track here, but... A little bit. Uh, why do we talk about Randy Newman? Um, I don't know. Because <laughs> uh, I know you weren't suggesting he do a Star Wars thing, so... Sure. I want him to... Be the new Sice Noodles. Somebody remember. should really do that. Put put uh have Sice Noodles singing the. Um, you got a friend in me. Uh, I mean, they can now. It's all Disney, right? Yeah, it's very easy. Just ha- instead of instead of Jedi Rocks, it's now it's now her singing. You got a friend in me, and it's cross promotion. So I, I guess you know we can just go ahead to just to get back into things. One of the things that you had mentioned was with the Cassian series. Um, since there's already a little bit of uh. uh precedent with that because of rogue one 
and the music that Giacchino did for it. Assuming, and honestly, they don't even have to stick with that same kind of style because I get what you're saying about how he's a character from a movie, but if this is a different time in his life or if he's acting differently or something, you can do different music and still have it work, but let's just say that it is supposed to be done in a similar style to what Giacchino did. Acknowledging that this is for the Disney streaming service, do you have anybody off the top of your head who you would, like, if you're a producer, who would you go after to get to do this? Well, what kind, what kind of music are they going for? What? Let's just say it is supposed to be in the vein of what Chikino did for Rogue One. Yes. Oh, man. Um, honestly, think if they went for, um, oh, man, you put me on a spot and all of a sudden names just disappear from my head. <laughs> I, I would love, I would love to see, uh, Let's see. He did Rogue Nation. Oh yeah, Joe Kramer. Yes, thank you, I Joe Kramer. Yeah. I, I was gonna throw I, his I name think, in a little bit later. I think Joe Kramer is definitely needs more exposure. He's a For fantastic, sure. fantastic composer. Uh, he knows what he's doing. Uh, I think he would be an excellent, uh, especially considering that that he definitely followed up uh, Giacchino, who had made his mark on you know the Mission Impossible series. Uh, and sort of made it his own. I, I definitely think Kramer could follow up, you know, sort of a Giacchino Rogue One on Cassian and, and, and do a great justice. Uh, I'd definitely like to see him out there, you know, doing more. I agree with what you're saying, but Joe Kramer, I think, really needs a lot more opportunities than mainstream opportunities than he's been getting recently. He has a lot of really good quality stuff out there that I think has really been overlooked by... Uh, I don't, I guess, producers or directors, um, but he, he's another one. Where when he did the Mission Impossible music, he specifically selected certain instruments to recreate the sound that he wanted for the classic Mission Impossible vibe. Um, I think, if I remember correctly, he even chose some instruments that haven't really been used much since the 60s when the TV show was, was ongoing. So... He, there's more, again, thought that goes into the spirit of what you're trying to do with the music instead of just making something that happens to sound good. And I'm not going to name names, but there are composers who do that. So, But one of the people I just kind of I was interested, I would want to talk to him. I wouldn't necessarily want to hire him to do a Cassian series, but um, Tim Simonek is a guy who does a lot of conducting um, for Michael Giacchino, including on Rogue One. He was the conductor for that, because most of the time Giacchino does not do the conducting himself. Um, so Tim Simonek is that guy who takes on a lot of that and the Star Trek movies he does and, and so on. Um, he also, he is a composer as well. He hasn't done many solo projects for, for some time. Um, I know he did some additional music for uh, Whiplash with Justin Hurwitz. Um, and he's kind of thrown some things in here and there. Um, but he does a lot of conducting for Giacchino, so I think that might be interesting because depending on his... That's why I want to talk to him, because depending on his level of comfort and, and what kind of conversations we have about what he would create, the music itself he would create, he can definitely get that vibe in there that Giacchino had for Rogue One because he's half of that vibe anyway. He conducted it. I, I think I have the one to top everything. All right. <laughs> Make everything I said pointless. Go for it. <laughs> No, because because you what you said what you said made me think about it. Chad Sider. Okay. I know you're gonna like who? 
I'm trying to like like I, I I feel like I know that. So so Tim <laughs> Tim Tim, real quick, play the music from the Star Trek video game that uh, was like basically the J.J. Abrams timeline. Just play a little bit of that music real quick. That okay? That's a really generic thing for me to find. That no, and throw it in no, there. it's not. No, it's not. It's it's very it's very easy. You'll be able to do it. Okay. <laughs> All right. See now now listen. He sort of he sort of uh, worked with Giacchino. He has a very Giacchino esque sound. You know. Let me let me. Hold on a second, because hopefully you can hear me. I can't do eight million things at once like you guys. <laughs> so it composed, right? Can you hear uh-huh. me, Tim? Yeah, yeah. Composed. I can't read. Produced music for Star Trek Fringe Lost. That's just to name a few. He did the orchestration for Lost, Jurassic World, Star Trek, Cloverfield, and Speed Racer. He composed for the first season of Fringe. Okay? Uh-huh. He provided additional music for Ratatouille, Up, uh, many of the uh, uh, video games like Lost Via Domus, which was a, a Lost video game. A turning point, which was Giacchino did the main theme as a video game, and then he did the rest of it. And uh, he did some Legend of Zelda uh, music. So, and that, yeah, that kind of reminds me too to, to throw in that Tim Simonek also was the orchestrator on pretty much everything that Giacchino did. Right, and I guarantee you, these guys work together. Oh, for sure. Uh, the only thing I don't know so much is that is that. Tim Simonick has has he composed his own music? He has. It's been a little while. Um, he hasn't done anything recently. But he like the uh, he did the TV miniseries for Dune from 2000. He did that as the composer. Which one? The one the one before or after uh, Brian Tyler, the Children of Dune one. Uh, let's see. This is the one that has uh, William Hurt in it. It looks like. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. Yeah, so so the whole re- when you said when you said uh, Simon, it made me think of, of cider. So I think right. both of, both those guys having history with uh, with uh, um, Giacchino would be an interesting choice for for uh, you know, the casting TV sh- TV series. We just and went it- inside baseball. Everyone's like, "Who are these people?" <laughs> I want I want Hans Zimmer. Uh... We, well, okay, so so I, I've come a long way on on him. You seem to be going he, well. Okay, so he ha- look, look, there are merits there. Okay, as far as things that he's done, music he's made, and opportunities he's given to other composers, I admit all of that. There are also lots of issues <laughs> there too, as far as personal preferences on how you would conduct yourself, your business, and uh, you know. It's really hard because I don't want to go into it with you know telling stories of people and, and things that happen, and I'm not about that, you know. But it's just th- there have been things to happen that kind of just put a bad taste in your mouth sometimes. You'll have to tell me these stories later, Tim. <laughs> well, but well, or maybe not... I don't want to know these stories. 
Well, but even forgetting all of that too, just the way. Now, here's the thing. There, there are like two sides of Hans Zimmer. There's what there, there's popular modern Hans Zimmer, and then there's original Hans Zimmer, which did stuff like Gladiator and Backdraft and that kind of stuff. But for the past, I don't know, ten years, fifteen years, something like that. You get a lot more of the Batman Begins, Man vs. Steel. I mean, there's some good scores in there. I'm not saying anything against them, but it's re—it's almost like he's coming up with new ways of the same thing for all of these movies. And that's why he said he was done with superhero movies, because he didn't really want to be caught doing the same thing again. And, and I get that, but I don't know. It's just... Except except he's doing, I think, Wonder Woman 2. Is he? Yeah, I think so. Check Cause, it. Because, yeah, because he had said he was done with that. Check, you know? check it. Check it. Check it, Tim. You're like, faster you know, on your feet than me. Oh, it doesn't know Wonder Woman 2. What's the name? Wonder Woman 1984 or something. Yeah, that's right. There it is. Okay. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Maybe you just type in Hans Music Zimmer. by Hans Zimmer. So there you go. So how how is he really done with, uh, with superhero films? I, that's a good point. I don't know. Before you know it, he's going to be doing the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean reboot. <laughs> Which there is going to be one, apparently. Or a or a just a continuation without Jack Sparrow. Which is fine, as far as I'm concerned. I definitely enjoy all those movies, uh, some more than others. But, uh, you know, I like pirate movies more than anything. So just give me something without him. It, 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 it got too, too precious, as far as I'm concerned. So, but it just... So again, just looking solely at his music that he does, a lot of what he does works for it. Like a, a Zimmer-Nolan combination for a movie is hard to mess that up. That's usually going to be something pretty good, you know. Very true. Um, I don't see, just as an example, like a Zimmer J.J. Abrams thing working out well for Star Wars. No. And honestly, I don't think, I don't think that uh, the J.J. Abrams would ever pick him. Right, yeah. you know, if J.J. Abrams has his say for any Star Wars film, obviously it's uh, it's uh, John Williams. Anything after that, it's Michael J. Kino, and everything after that, it's uh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he really picks anybody after that. He may pick with he's got a group of people that he likes to, to work with. Clearly, um, right. you know, Simonek, obviously Cider. Uh, Most directors have a go-to uh, composer. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's I think there's one other guy who who uh, who worked with him quite a few times. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember as I type on the little laptop so I can see it. Uh, Tilton, Chris Tilton, he's worked with uh, with JJ um, Abrams as well. And and at sometimes you know it's hard to figure out what he did and didn't do. So I, I think he definitely is a G- Giacchino. Uh, definitely helps out with you, you know so uh, i'm just going to kind of throw something random out there because i definitely have thoughts about this but i don't know how you feel about it how would you feel if someone like don davis were to get a shot at something star wars i have no problem with that nope i have zero zero problem with that right. he's been he's been around, <laughs> he's been around long enough you know especially with, right. with the matrix and uh, uh, with Jurassic Park three, that he it would absolutely be a good choice. He has zero name recognition though, except for Star Trek. I mean Star Trek uh, soundtrack nerds. Um, so 
you know if you're trying to get you know at least with at least with some of the people nowadays Hans Zimmer has a name I mean the guy sells out oh, arena yeah. yeah you know John Williams obviously has a name Jay Kino has a name and, he, and even Gorenson if you say you know the the composer for Black Panther or the composer for Creed you know right. uh, uh, he's he definitely has name recognition right um, and so I think that goes a long way to some of the people we're going to start seeing. Right. What I what I don't hope is well, well, I don't hope, but I I pray and hope that we never get a uh, a sound like a like a music like sound design. No, I'm of, just or? we're we're sort of coming back to uh, a lot of songs in films. Um, you know, there there's oh, two. Or, yeah. There's two or three, you know, so so I listened to the, the Aquaman soundtrack. There's two or three just songs on that on that album out of right. nowhere. And one of them's like Pitbull and it's like what? Right. And the other the other's like some artist who you look and it's funny, she's top of the charts in, in China right now with the song from Aquaman. But I've never heard of her before. That doesn't mean anything. I'm old. But <laughs> you know I and and a lot of uh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to see it this week. But Spider Verse has, mm-hmm. you know, has uh, songs to it. Black oh. Panther has songs to right. it. Right. I said Black you, Panther has a whole version of the soundtrack that's just right. n- like radio songs or not radio, but you know what I mean, right? Well, in, in Venom obviously had had Eminem with you know Venom Venom crap over and over and over again. So <laughs> I, I don't ever want to see Star uh, Star Wars go that way. Although there is the I think there's like either Chinese or, or, or there's music videos that are official that that w- from like Chinese um, music groups or whatever. Korean. Yeah, it was a Korean K-pop or whatever. Yeah, there, there's at least one, maybe one or two of those. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I, I mean, well, I, I feel like that was. I'm just guessing like that's more of like a marketing thing oh sure you know which i can understand when you're trying to expand star- i mean because obviously star wars is pretty set in places like america <laughs> you know um but if you're trying to get a more global audience i can understand them trying to i hate to say like adapt it to what's familiar but that kind of thing you know but like what they're like the youtube channel with um Gal- galaxy of adventures or whatever they're taking Star Wars and making it into like a three minute YouTube video for kids to get them into it. Like we've talked about in the past, you know, I think they're really just trying to expand to make Star Wars a part of everybody's lives everywhere somehow. Yeah. But at what point though? Uh, Well, I think when they take over the world, I guess when it's, you know, Emperor Disney and, uh, at what point do they start worrying more and more about, you know, um, We've got to appeal to the Chinese market. So at the end credits, we're definitely going to put music from pop, you know, from right. from pop superstars. And not because of what the movie or the, the history of the movie demands, more like we've got to sell it right. to this group or this group. And if we change the music, you know, this person tests well. If we change the music, you know, and put them at the end, we might have, you know, at least people pick up a soundtrack. You know, because what am I? What am I? What did I look up? It, it's it's some band called EXO. That's uh-huh. that's the group. Yeah. And uh, you know, I don't even want to 
suggest you're going to play it over anything right now. Oh, it's happening. Uh, oh, is it? Is yeah. it happening? So I actually, because I actually do have someone uh, who is a big fan of that that, that group. So I would, yep. I'm kind of obligated to do it. Okay, well, I'm watching the video right now, and some some very pretty looking guy, uh, sw- swing keychain <laughs> that looks like a lightsaber. Now he's sitting. Isn't in the that bath- the name of the song? I think. Oh, it is. Well, maybe. Hold on. Now he's sitting in a bathtub. Now he's. <laughs> I was looking at his face in the mirror, and his hair changes from shot to shot. Um, wait, now he's in a hotel room. Oh, see, it's, it points. It has red hair. That blonde hair. I, I, I think I think these are different people, Mark. Pink hair. Different no, people. Is it? Is it a band? Or is yeah. it one guy? No, they're like I don't know the number, but there are like multiple like I don't know, seven or eight at least people in there. Oh. Really? Okay, yeah. well right now they got on right now Oh, he's mad at chips. He started <laughs> He started getting pissed off at a at a, a convenience store and started throwing the laser around. And obviously, you know, Every single one of these videos has to have somebody riding a motorcycle. <laughs> oh, but he's going in a place that says Jedi only. It's a club. <laughs> like, is it like the, uh, the Obi Wan? I don't know. Club? I don't know. He showed the lightsaber and got in, and, and it's and it's uh, a pool hall. Uh, I don't really but, understand well, the way it works. But this 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 uh, music isn't in any of the movies, right? It's not. No. It's not like a credits music in Korea when they show Star Wars, you know, so like I, I genuinely feel like that was like a mutual marketing thing perhaps for those, uh, the Star Wars and the group which I can understand, but I also get your point of we want to be careful that it doesn't lose its tradition as far as what made Star Wars music the standard that it is. How do we you know, know this is a group? Because they haven't even appeared together in this thing yet. Oh, was it just a short video? It was two minutes and twenty. I didn't even. I didn't know what the song sounds like. Oh, it's playing again. <laughs> well, I mean, if you really want to know, even, and it's even from the Walt Disney Company Limited Korea. At the uh, end, oh, oh, some other songs playing by them. I better shut it up. <laughs> so they're like, uh, they're like the uh, new edition slash Menudo slash. Um, New Kids on the Block slash whatever of in, Korea. In sync, Backstreet Boys, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, imagine if we got like, you know, back during that, well, we almost did during the prequels get yeah, in sync. something. How yeah. close were we? We were probably really close. Yeah, very close. Like, pretty much as close as you can get without them actually doing it from what we hear. Well, and, and you know darn well that uh, even though they said they never filmed anything or what, whatever, that they they did, right? They were Jedi I, at one I think point. I heard they did, yeah. I need to see that video of them in Attack of the Clones. So, well, I feel like, you know, we've, we've really, because we didn't discuss a whole lot what we would be talking about tonight as far as the music goes, but I feel like we should take, we spent a lot of time on what we want for the future and recent, you know, the, the announcement for the Mandalorian and whatnot. But I kind of want to just take a look back at what we've gotten from the Disney music so far being Force Awakens, Last Jedi by John Williams, uh, Rogue One by Michael Giacchino and Solo by John Powell. You know, those are four brand new Star Wars soundtracks that we have. And, you know, 10 years ago, that would have been a huge, I mean, it is still a huge deal, but that would have been like, earth shattering to know that in 10 years we're going to have four new star wars soundtracks 
So I don't necessarily want to go through the whole rating system of your favorite to least favorite or whatnot. Um, that's what Twitter's for. But oh, I can well, tell you what my least favorite is. I'd be more than happy to tell you what my least favorite is. Okay, well, let me get my question first, and then you can go for it. Um, right. I was going to say, what do you think overall the new Star Wars scores have done the best um, overall between all of them? What Say that again? What's your question? Like, what do you think the new scores have done the best? Like, what's their best asset or, or like, their best um, feature overall between all four of them? I don't think they've all... Uh, like, their best quality. I, I think I think for some of it, the, definitely the best quality is, is the seamlessness to where it all seems like it belongs in the same universe. You, you know, okay. when you when you look at when you look at Rogue One, you, you know, it really seems to fit yeah. as a new a, a, as like it belongs with a new hope. There are, are such unique bits of a new hope and, and thematic elements from a new hope that Giacchino reuses that Williams doesn't ever really use again in Empire Strikes Back or any other any other film, but Giacchino right. has pulled them out and uses them in Rogue One, that it fits that time frame. Or right. it, fi- it fits that it seems to be so perfect with within, you know, like if you really watched, you know, Rogue One and then Star Wars A New Hope, musically, it, it it's perfect. Um, as far as Solo goes, you know, we, we got a, a hand solo theme and, and, and Powell reused enough of, of Williams' cues and whatnot that uh, it sounds like a John Williams score. You know, a la John Powell, obviously, but still. Mm-hmm. And then Williams is Williams. Right. So, so it, all, it, all, it all fits within the same universe. And I, I think that's the one thing that with three different composers that they've done really well is just blend everything to where it seems natural. So it feels genuine to the franchise. To the franchise, yes. Okay. Yeah, and, and I think that's what they wanted to happen. Yeah. And I honestly don't know how much longer we're going to have that before we really start branching out more. It might be coming up soon. But um, for now, like for these first four movies that we've had, I do think you have a good point that they feel authentic to what you would expect for a Star Wars movie. Oh, for sure. I, I, and, and I think that's a strong point is that, you know, there, there's nothing crazy or outrageous for these. And since, it, since it all has characters that we're familiar with or situations that we're familiar with, it almost has to blend in. You know, I, I, I think obviously with the first real chance of something different, which is, which is uh, Mandalorian, things are definitely going to be, things may very well change. I'm fine with that. I'm good with that. But so, and I, I guess I can also go ahead and just say um, to kind of do the opposite for what you were just saying is because overall, I mean, I'm I'm extremely positive about these four soundtracks. Um, I feel like if I do have to find one thing that is the uh, I can't think of the right phrase, but like what I would pick out as being the thing I would like to see the most improved from what we have, um, it's just that. If you take a look at episodes, pretty much episodes one through six, you can argue a couple of those. But um, in each movie, there are a, a wide variety. There's, there's a big range of individual themes and and cues and musical identities that are strictly used for that 
connected to that movie or that storyline, right? Like, for example, Empire Strikes Back is a ton of just original new themes and cues put together to make this one great score. So much of what we've gotten recently, there's a lot of new music, but it seems like there are a couple of new themes and a couple of new cues in there along with what we've had before. And it all sounds good, but I would love to have something that it's like what Empire was at its time, meaning just a ton of just brand new. Everybody has the theme. Let's throw it all together and see what happens. You know, I feel like we haven't really gotten that that level of new musical identity that's still Star Wars. Right. No, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I, I, that, I think that's where we're at ultimately with, with, you know, like you said, that's where we're at ultimately with the new, the new trilogy is that, is that Star Wars, you know, A New Hope set up, you know, the groundwork or, 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 or set up the, set the field, so to speak, and then, and then Empire expanded with it. I don't think, think Last Jedi really did that. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of refined something like the the way they did the Resistance March for Last Jedi is like a refined version of what it was in Force but, Awakens. But, okay, but still, I mean, you know, but look it's the at same look, thing. Look at look at a uh, uh, Phantom Menace, right? And a lot of people, yeah. everybody that I know of, loves Phantom Menace, right? But the one thing about Attack of the Clones, like or love the movie, you cannot. I don't think there's a single person who can say that uh, across the stars is not a brilliant, if not one of the most brilliant pieces of Star Wars music ever written. Right. There's nothing that comes close to that in Last Jedi. It didn't really take what he set up in The Force Awakens to another level. It almost either kept it equal or dropped it down to stuff that he was picking from from, uh, you know, from the original trilogy. And again, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with with how Johnson, you know, laid it out for him. Johnson really like put together, you know, it, it's been discussed multiple times. I'm not sure if he discussed it on the podcast or not, but but Johnson pretty much showed him a rough cut of the film with John right. Williams' music tracked into it and said, "This is what I wanted to sound like." Right. And I don't know what if Williams went, "All right, fine, whatever," and just kind of like <laughs> sort of took what he did and, and finagled it a little bit, but you know, it doesn't. It's not as unique as right. something else, because because I know that that if I get a chance to to make a Star Wars film and John Williams is doing it, I would pretty much just here's the rough cut with no music. You just do what you do. You know, you go ahead, go ahead. You just write music for whatever you feel, and I probably wouldn't even think to ever question him on it. That might be a bad thing, but it's like he knows. It's John Williams. He knows what to do. Like, you know you're onto something when Steven Spielberg re-edits his movie to match the music instead of the other way around. Right, like for E.T., right? Yeah. Yeah. Because so, he was having a hard time, John, when they were recording it, he was having a hard time keeping the pace of what he had written to match what they had cut for the movie. And Spielberg was like, you know, screw that. You record your music because it's great as it is, and I will recut the movie to make it work with what you have. I'm, you never hear of any any director doing that for any composer ever. It's always the other way around. So, right, and people are people are obviously going to disagree. You know whether they think that uh, you know obviously some people love uh, the Last Jedi 
score and that's fine you know everybody everybody likes something and, and right. there's nothing wrong with it being your favorite or thinking it's better than this or that but personally i just hope that at least with with episode nine uh, he's able to return to form um and sort of take everything he's done so far and just take it to the next level yeah and, and i do feel because and i did like the score for the last jedi but um I like one of the things that you said where he didn't really, it felt like he didn't really build on what was set up with The Force Awakens. Because you did have, you know, with, between Ray's theme and Kylo and Resistance March and even Poe's theme that's kind of thrown in there a little bit, all this good stuff. It, it, it's, it's new, it's good, you're ready f to go forward with that. Um, but yeah, Les Jedi, it just didn't really, it didn't build a whole lot on that. It was a lot of uh, you've got, status you've got quo. Who's it? Rose's theme is the, yeah. like the only new one, and even then, it's still kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then they they use you know Leia's theme, Yoda's theme, Resistance March again, uh, variants of Ray's theme, and uh, um, oh, what's it called? What, ah, what, the, at the end of uh, Force Awakens, the oh Jedi steps, whatever. Yeah, Jedi. Thank you. Um, there's kind of it's like a lot of broken down. Like he took piece like a piece of Jedi steps and put it in here and. You know, I mean, again, I do like it, but it's and like he even went back and used um, Tie Fighter Tech. That's been really popular recently. You know, yeah. it was in uh, it was in A New Hope, and I think it was in uh, Return of the Jedi too, a little bit. I could okay. be wrong, but I thought it was there somewhere. And then uh, nowhere, like for a long time, and then now it's in both Last Jedi and Solo, uh, which is fine. You know, I like it, but. I like to me, understand. that almost feels like it should be just anytime the Millennium, the Millennium Falcon fights, that should just be the music. It well, should almost the, be a Millennium it's Falcon theme. That. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't point. used. It wasn't used in Empire or Jedi, so it's like, eh. right? You yeah, know, I'm just wondering why all all of a sudden it's just boom there. I mean, I I, I get individual. Like I get why he might have wanted to do that for um, Last Jedi. Okay. Um, I, I, for that, I kind of would have preferred something new. Between the two, I think it's much better suited to solo. Um, oh yeah. But which and that kind of real quick just brings me to another point. <laughs> I've said this before, but about solo. Every time I talk about it, I really feel like that gets a bad rap as far as uh, what it does, like the music itself. I know people listen to the soundtrack and they have their opinions on it cool whatever but regardless of what you think i really every time i watch the movie i really feel like the score is very underutilized what it is versus what it could have been and the impact it could have had in the movie um i don't know i just feel like it could have been used a lot better from what it actually has to offer versus what you get in the movie like what do you mean like and this is just one quick example but like reminiscence therapy you know that that is of course a bunch of you can tell by the title a bunch of track or, or cues and themes we know um but when they use that in that sequence in the movie it, it feels to me like it's more of like a back seat and, and i get it for like when they're having dialogue or something but for certain parts when like uh, asteroid field is on during reminiscence therapy there are times when it feels like that should be what you're hearing more than the sound effects and, and it always consistently feels like background music more than a part of what's going on and like the original asteroid field and empire it takes the forefront like that is a moment in the movie and here it's just thrown in the background no i get what you're saying 
So, and, and that that's just for that one, you know, track of that one part of the movie. But with the exception of, like, Enfys Nest and the, the mall scene, I think overall, the music really took a backseat for, for the movie. So... I don't know. I thought I thought it was good. I see a lot of merit in what John Powell did in keeping it a Star Wars soundtrack and a John Powell soundtrack both at the same time. And I don't know. I just did, I don't I don't think it had the chance to do its job the way it was put into the final movie. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a stronger soundtrack than it is a uh, a score. Yeah. Does that does that make sense? I mean, when you listen to the soundtrack, you're like, oh wow, this is great. Right. It's not always present there in in the mix, right? Right. Yeah, I agree with you. So that just kind of bugs me because I, I know a lot of people talk about how they they didn't enjoy it or didn't think it felt right or whatever. That's not necessarily the soundtrack's fault or John Powell's fault. It's just the way to me. Because again, when I listened to it, I I really enjoyed it the first time I listened to it with headphones on and just sat down. Let's check out this new Star Wars score. It was it was fantastic. And then when I saw the movie, I was like, "Yeah, I could, I could have been done better, but all right. right. I, mean, I love the movie, but I'm just saying that that part of it. I agree. I agree with what you're saying. You don't like to be critical, but you're being very critical right now. I mean, it's not so much that I don't like to be critical as it is. I don't want people to think I'm like hating something when I'm not. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with hating something. Well, I know, but I'm saying when I'm not, like, like again, I love the movie, so I, and, and I like the soundtrack, and I don't want it to make it seem like I'm okay, saying the let, editors let did a bad job because I'm not. But I just feel like it's been done better. Let me take that back. There's nothing wrong with constructively not liking something. <laughs> Hating, well, you know, it's hard for me to hate anything anybody does, especially with passion. Yeah, I, I you know, I can hate the movie Pompeii because there's no passion behind that. Um. I think I saw that, but I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> well, you can see parts to where it's like, okay, come on. You didn't finish the top of the Coliseums in multiple shots. Oh, like they really? Just, they just didn't have it. It's like, were you guys not... In the previous scene, it goes up many stories in, but in this one, you just see open sky behind, you know, the box that Kiefer Sutherland is sitting in. It's like, continuity, come on. <laughs> Like, maybe they just didn't, I don't have time for that. No one's going to know. Yeah, except I did. Right. <laughs> and it, it was certain movies that get pumped out, you know, you can always right, say, right. okay. I didn't necessarily, uh, it, it definitely looked like, you know, a cash grab or something. But still, I, I still think there tends to be merit in just about everything to some extent. You know, I, I, I love watching Crud. Uh, what, did, what did I watch recently? Hurricane, Hurricane Heist. Mm-hmm. What, oh, good lord! That was crazy. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it. I don't even know what it was, really. But it's a, uh, it's a heist movie and, uh, and disaster film, and it and it was kind of bad, but it was still entertaining. <laughs> so, I think you can find entertainment in just about anything horrible. You know what that means? You're saying you are admitting to being a huge Sharknado fan. I've never watched Sharknado. Oh, really? No, never so watched you, an episode. So you don't know if you like it or not. I probably, yeah, I, I, I don't like any of the actors, so. Well, you're not going to watch it for the acting, I'll tell you that. Well, but see, I did, I did watch Big Ass Spider. <laughs> That's the name of the movie. And it's about, literally, a big ass spider. 
You don't say. No, I don't say. But but it, it and it's starring one of my favorite actors from Star Wars. Can you guess who it is? I can't. Who would be in Big Ass Spider besides Snap Wexley? Good old Greg Grunberg is in it. He plays an exterminator who tries to stop the big ass spider. <laughs> and and it's entertaining. <laughs> it's very entertaining. And then I, I think there was a follow-up film. Uh, I haven't seen that one, but but it's from the same director. It's called Lava Lantula. Oh, I actually have heard of that one. Yes, it's the spider that uh, or the tarantula that has lava coming out of its rectum or wherever that area is with the stuff. So yeah, I have no segue to get back to Star Wars from that. There is none. How about this? Lava. Are, hey, are, are there seas on Mustafar? Lava seas. Well, no. I saw. I saw a concept. I saw concept art to where there was like an ocean near, not too far from uh, Vader's castle. I was like, that's kind of cool. If they had the lava and the and the water and you know. Anyways. I mean, that almost makes it seem like a, uh, I am just drawing a blank tonight. What is it? Uh, because with, with an M it's in Clone Wars, the planet where the, like the father and son are Mortis. Um, it, it kind of draws like, like a Mortis vibe. If you have like water on one side of the planet, lava on the other side, you know? Oh, well, maybe. I mean, it's like a, it's a cool idea. <laughs> but uh, you probably don't want to rank it, but but I'm going to rank them real quick. <laughs> I, I like being difficult. Okay, so number one of the Disney era. Can, can, can I guess what your number one is? Sure, go ahead. Rogue One. Yes, you're correct. Number two. Okay. Force Awakens. Correct. Number three. You've been doing so well. Uh, so well. Let's go with Solo for number three. Very good. Number four. Last Jedi. Absolutely. That is my ranking of the scores in the Disney era. All right. I'm not even going to bother with yours because you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I will say, like, as much I do like them all. Of that, like, I, I find myself listening to The Last Jedi the least um, just because. So it's your least favorite. Yeah, yeah, I'd say uh, of the new ones, because um, like we said before, there's just there's the least fresh content there to pull and, and to listen to and to experience, you know. Um, it's it's I don't know it, it's other than that, it would be kind of hard to say. Well, um, do you listen to The Force Awakens or Rogue One more? I mean, about equally. Okay. Well, of course, you cannot get off the fence. You and Jared. <laughs> no, I mean, it, is, it genuinely is. Like, I listen to them both about equally. Of them all, I listen to Solo the most, but that's also because it's the newest. Oh, fair enough. Um, But as far as the other two, it's it's probably about equal. So you and I can both agree that of the Disney era, Last Jedi is our least favorite. Yeah. Fair enough. I say that I still, I, I, you know, when, after the movie came out, there were a lot of people. Aside from conversations about the movie itself, there were a lot of people who were saying they did, they were unhappy with the score and they disliked it. Um, 
I don't dislike it. I do enjoy it. But of the new ones to come out, I would place it at the bottom. Yeah, very good, Tim. That's all we needed. <laughs> I see you say what you're what one you hate the most. Okay. Yeah. Let's hey, let's play a little clip of Rose's theme from the Last Jedi right now. Okay. Yeah. That well, was Rose, oh, yeah, so, that was Rose's theme by uh, John Williams. So that that's a, it kind of reminds me of a point I was going to make earlier too. Um, each of the of the episodes so far, we can even throw in the uh, Rogue One and Solo for for that matter. Um, the soundtrack for each movie has had a, like a fingerprint to it that you can match to the movie, and that separates it from the others in its own trilogy, right? So, like, with um, uh, Phantom Menace, obviously the huge thing to come from that being Duel of the Fates, but there's just there's a, a little bit of a more grand vibe for it, I would say. Um, and then for Attack of the Clones, it's much more romanticized as a whole. And then for uh, Revenge of the Sith, it's musically the darker of that trilogy, right? And they each have their identity there. And with the original trilogy, same thing, where A New Hope has, like, this adventure sense to it. Empire has the more romanticized vibe to it. Even the Imperial March, like, like it's all more romanticized. And I don't mean that it's, you know, like, love romantic. Obviously, that's there, too. But I mean, like, the genuine meaning of the word romanticized. And then uh, Return of the Jedi is, like, the... It almost feels like a homecoming for, for a soundtrack. Yeah, but but even look at it from from a different perspective. You've got Duel of the Fates. You've got Across the Stars. You've got Battle of the Heroes. You've got A New Hope, which introduced everything for Luke right. Skywalker. You know, you've got Imperial March and Empire Strikes Back. You've got uh, arguably you know Luke and Leia's theme, or even uh, uh, the Ewok battle, um, right? The Forest battle, right? You know, then then with uh, with uh, with the Force Awakens, you have the Jedi steps. You've got all these things. Then you get to you get to last year, and you've got Rose's theme. Well, yeah, and that's kind of what and, I'm getting to. Where like even yeah. Force Awakens, Rogue One, Solo, they all do have like the other movies. They have their little bit of a fingerprint. And Last Jedi's feels kind of like uh, like um, I cannot think of a single word tonight. Um. You know when you like you like make make an image from like a lot of small pieces and you put them together. A mosaic. Mosaic. It's almost like a mosaic of the rest of Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't have, have its, its own, own fingerprint. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't have a, a unique identity or something that calls attention to it. There's a standout in right. every you know trilogy film or not a trilogy film but saga film and this one's kind of yeah. yeah. You know the battle. The battle of Crate should have been like the showstopper. Instead, it really is a greatest hits. And even yeah. then, even then, it's like not the greatest hits. <laughs> it's good stuff, but it, it's not. You know, it should have been like the be all end all. Right. But you know, a part of me has to wonder. I mean, obviously, John Williams is known as the man for a reason. He's about to do the ninth movie in this series. 
how many times can he outdo himself? You know what I mean? Like, like I don't want to. I I know he's like the best to ever do it, but we are also kind of asking a lot to be floored nine times in a row. No, I don't think we're asking too much because he does it. He just does it. He 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 creates magic, and then we're floored by it. We're not asking him to uh, to floor us. It's just what he does on a regular basis is amazing, and I honestly think. When looking at everything, the difference is is, is how Ryan Johnson approached the spotting well, yeah. sessions with him. No, you're, that's you're the huge right. difference. Yeah, you're, you're fact, absolutely right with that because yeah, though every um, movie has, or I, I think every most of them, if not every, has the temp score that they put in there while they're doing the editing, so they can get the vibe of what the movie's going to be when they're trying to piece it together before they've actually recorded the soundtrack to physically put into the movie. Um, so. And a lot of the time, composers can even have some type of say in it. Like I think I've mentioned this before, but like with Star Trek um, and the sequence when, uh, spoilers, I guess, I don't know, it's 10 years old now, uh, when Kirk's dad dies in the opening, um, initially that, that space sequence was much more action music with the temp score that they had in there. And when they were looking at it, Giacchino told J.J. Uh, Abrams, he's like, I'm feeling really sad right now. Like, his dad's dying. Like, I know it's an action sequence, but let's slow it down. Let's make it more uh, a more of a sad track. And J.J. thought that was great. And so that's what they did, you know. Right. A lot of the time, it's just a placeholder so that you have some concept of what it might be like. But it's not set in stone. It's not fluid. It's not do this again. Because if so, what's the point of really doing a whole new score if you're just going to you know, use what we put in for the temps tracks. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was just kind of like a rabbit hole. I just started down and now I'm at the bottom of it and I'm waiting so for you to a, talk. We had a nice conversation about, uh, about scores. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I don't even know how many, like, I don't know, two years ago, something like that. Uh, we had a podcast that was called Score Tracks, and yeah. technically, it's still in existence. Haven't I swear? I we have. Tr- I've tried multiple times to actually put it out. I'm never trying to like tease people by saying that we're doing more. I genuinely try to do more, and then something happens where it doesn't work out. But we used to do that where we would pick specific scores and, and listen to them and, and then discuss them like more in depth be more because this is much more generalized our conversation of this this new era of star wars music but we used to get really specific with a score and like we did um i don't remember how many of the star wars movies we did but we started we did a new hope and we just listened to that and we had a lot of discussions about the choices that john williams made i, I think we talked about some instrumentation choices the the way that the music progresses, the, the style of it changes from the beginning to the middle to the end. I had said at the time, it, it kind of reminded to me, the music matches Luke's journey. Like wherever Luke is in the movie, the music correlates to that. You know, we, we go more in depth with it when we look more specifically at it. So I feel like whenever we, we basically make it happen, we can have a lot more specific discussions and, and a lot more, insight and, and great conversations we can have when we zone in on something more specifically to talk about. And I do want to do that again in the future. I don't know um, if anybody wants to listen to that. If so, let me know. 
but well, I, I know one, like... I know one one fan that that likes our you know music discussions, but uh, we'll we'll hopefully get some feedback from some of the other fans and whether they want to hear more from us. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, because we're definitely capable of diving pretty deep into specifics with certain scores and even certain tracks and whatnot. So I, I, I'm a, let me let me kind of pitch you guys an idea, and you can let me know what you think. I like the idea of where we can just have an episode. It doesn't have to be once a month or anything, but we can just come out with an episode where we pick a, a movie, a Star Wars movie. Or we can say like the Clone Wars overall or something like that. And we can do that. We, we can discuss the score, kind of do more analysis. We can give some background stories as to why things were done the way they were. Um, thought process that that made it what it is and we can throw throw in examples I, we did that a little bit tonight um when we were discussing certain scores and we threw in some examples for it um but that's something that we can do and and, and just have those discussions and uh i think that'd be fun it's something that i used to love listening to and, and watching in documentaries or something which is half of how i know all this stuff um so if, if anybody would like that and, and would enjoy hearing about that and, and maybe even participating in it, if you want, want to have the comments or questions or whatever, um, I'm all on board for that. So let me know if that's something that sounds like you would be interested in, because we can definitely do that. I agree. It sounds like something, uh, you, know, you know, I love talking about music. So especially scores, it'd be, it'd be fantastic. So uh, we're not that far from being done, but let me ask you, Mark, how's Santa doing? You don't he's, need to. You don't need to get him out. I'm just wondering. No, I'm not. He's fine. He's tired. Yeah, <laughs> he, he had a busy. He had a busy season. Yeah, was it a yeah. good year? It was a great year. Oh, good. It was a fantastic year. I'm happy to hear business was high for him. Yeah. You know what makes Santa really happy? What's that? If we if we had some uh, remastered scores before the new episode nine came out. Uh, if we had expanded versions and remastered versions of possibly, you know, the original Star Wars films. We do. No, they are out of print. They aren't like available to came, be purchased. The ones that came out like earlier this year or whatever? Those are just remastered of the of the actual soundtracks, not the special edition versions. The special oh, edition yeah. versions are out oh, of print. I see. So like like the ninety seven or whatever versions. Yes. With all the expanded uh, music. I see. Those are those are all officially out of print. So what would be fantastic is if we got a you know if we got maybe Mike Mattesino, who is uh, a soundtrack producer, an amazing soundtrack producer who's worked on pretty much everything John Williams nowadays. If it's a, a reissue like the Harry Potter ones just came out and Jurassic Park and Lost uh, World just had a reissue. And he works on all these. He worked on E.T. He works on everything. He's working on Superman, which is coming back out. Um, if he got a hold to remaster, you know, special editions or not just special editions, but, you know, special edition versions of the soundtrack with possibly some unreleased cues or some alternate takes we don't have, that would be something that would be great to have this year don't know if it's would, gonna happen but i would love to have the like a remastered version there's that um i, I want to say it's like the 30th anniversary of star wars or something like that S somewhere around there uh like a box set of the original trilogy 
soundtracks. Um, and oh, the Arist- the Arista Records ones. I I don't remember, but like like the CDs are like little. They look like little vinyls with the label on them, and the case is like the old. Uh, yeah, long box, like a like a. Yeah. Yeah, I have that. I okay. love it. Yeah, no, I I greatly enjoy it, and and one of the I think it's on a New Hope. Um, has that 16 minute track where he just does the opening theme over and over and over again in different ways. I yeah, would it's love multiple, to... multiple takes. Right, right. Yeah. I would, and you can hear the guy talking between sometimes, right? I would love to have that remastered. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, they've they've done they they've pretty much run out of soundtracks to remaster from John Williams at this point. Besides doing really extensive versions of Indiana Jones and really extensive versions of Star Wars. They pretty much just released Chandler's List. They released uh, Saving Private Ryan. Didn't they do like Dracula, um, I think? They just did Dracula, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, not too long ago, they did 1941. Um, they did E.T., like I said. They did the Jurassic Worlds. They did the, the Harry Potters. I don't think, I can't think of anything left. What about the Lost in Space TV series? Yes, they just they released. They it. did, yeah, not too long ago. Oh, nice. <laughs> even even Land of Giants his TV series, I think. So everything John Williams is kind of like done. Um, I mean, there's there's his mid cent like his mid era stuff with like what is it? Uh, it's not presumed innocent, but uh, Sabrina and all that. I think that still right. hasn't been touched. Or Witches of Eastwick. Right. They haven't really gone back, and I don't think they've they've they may have done a far and away the Ron, uh, uh, what is it Ron Howard and and Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman film. I'm not right. sure if they've touched that one, but they did Hook, right. you know. And this is all Mike Mattesino who's gone in, and he really has an ear for for uh, uh, remasters of soundtracks, especially John Williams. John Williams loves working with him, so I'm hoping that the Holy Grails finally. You know, we finally get it because just getting, you know, just a deluxe massive box set of uh, John Williams music for Star Wars would be amazing. And maybe they're waiting for all nine films to be done and they'll release a thousand dollars set. But I will be <laughs> first in line for it. So, so I guess just that, before... that's what Santa would like this year. <laughs> well, I, I guess just um, kind of before we go. Looking to episode nine and the fact that John Williams is going to be, he's working on music for episode nine. And given what we have from Force Awakens and Last Jedi, if you are a J.J. Abrams, and we have a certain limitation of not knowing the, the full plot of the story right now, but what would you tell John, like, what do, other than what we said before about, you know, just kind of letting him go in a way, but what would you try to pull out of him? What, what would you want him to create for this last installment for episode nine? I would want a battle concert suite. I would want a duel of the fates, a battle of the heroes. I would want a forest battle. I would love to see a music video make its return of the concert suite to where, you know, this is something that, you know, is just triumphant. And I, I don't even know how to describe it necessarily, but but it's it's not a it's not a Jedi Steps. It's not a Rose's theme. It's uh 
you know, it's a duel of the fates. It's it's an epic, large scale, yes. big sound. Absolutely, that is that is what I want to see from this. I want to see, yeah. some, you know, and I hope if there has to be a final battle, has to be, you know, because that's the one thing that I'm sort of missing in these films is that it feels like every every film it has. I'm trying to think if it's every film, but most of them have crosscut action. So, you know, especially with Phantom Menace, there's, there's a battle going on at multiple locations. Right. Uh, y- you know, e- even in, in uh, Revenge of the Sith, there's a battle going on at multiple locations. In, in Empire Strikes Back, there's kind of a battle going on. You get the point. Right. <laughs> in these ones, there's not. It's sort of singular. Yeah, I, yeah I'd, I'd love to see sort of just this huge... Huge battle music, so that's what I want. Okay, I don't know. So, if it, I don't know if there's going to be footage to go along with it, but I don't know if that's in the cards for the finale of the film. But that's what I like to see. So, because like one one of the things that um, Billy Lord said about Episode Nine was that it, she described it as being kind of magical. So that's kind of what what I am hoping to get from it. Something that you just. You, and and that what you said falls in line with that something where you're sitting there in the theater and you're watching what's going on and you're just like in awe of the entire experience and, and sound is half of that, you know, no, I, I think that would be good. Yeah. And I feel like John Williams is going to want to give this a really good stab because he's, he knows, you know, that this is going to be most likely his last shot of doing Star Wars music because they're not going to be making an episode 10 for a long time if they do. Well, I say long time, but you know what I mean? Uh, 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 many, many years <laughs> if they do. do oh, right, 10. right. So well, no, I, I think this is officially it. This is his swan song. So I'd love for him to go out, you know, big. And I'm, and I'm feeling like that might happen, you know, so. um. Anyway, so not to kind of backtrack, but like I was saying before, let me know if you're interested in more specific discussions of any types of soundtracks or if you want to know like some more behind-the-scenes stuff about what was going on, uh, cues that almost <laughs> made it, or like, you know, choices that were made, all this kind of stuff, because there's a lot that we can talk about, and we're more than happy to. Uh, but just today, given the circumstances, it's just Mark and me tonight, so we thought, hey, you know, it's just kind of give it a go as far as what the way our, our new modern star Wars music has been going. So, and it might be really cool to finish out with uh, a little bit of the, what you're talking about as far as the, you know, some of the first mm-hmm. recordings of the main star Wars theme. Oh where yeah. You can hear the guy saying the slates, you know, and all that. Yeah, it, it, it might be interesting to end with that. So yeah, that's a good idea. We should do that. So, all right. Well, thank you everybody. Um, we'll, We'll be back. We only got a couple more episodes before we officially turn three, so we're almost there. Um, but um, oh, hey! And next week, I just realized is episode one hundred twenty-three, so we're one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> that won't happen again for another yeah. like over a thousand episodes when we're it's uh, episode one thousand two hundred thirty-four. Oh my god! I... <laughs> we'll be dead before then. <laughs> Um, I don't know if we start doing them once a day, we can or multiple ones a day. Let's just crank them out. Five minute Possibly. podcasts, three a day, if not more. All right, I'm down. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you, everybody. Uh, let us know 
Would you like, if you have any thoughts on the soundtracks like we've been discussing tonight, let us know. You know how to get in touch with us. We'd want to hear it. We'll talk about it next time. So I hope everybody had a great uh, couple of weeks when we weren't recording here. And um, we're pretty much back to normal. So we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Uh-huh. <clears throat>